Good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Direct your attention to the scriptures, to the book of Hebrews chapter 3, beginning in verse 7, we hear these words, therefore as the Holy Spirit says, today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of the testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation, and I said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end, as it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who are those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not those who left Egypt, led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. The key word in this particular passage is today. The passage speaks of the unbelief of God's people. Interesting, it says in the passage that they were the ones who exited Egypt. They left Egypt. They exited. But they didn't enter. They didn't go into They exited Egypt, but they did not enter into God's rest. And the reason was because of their unbelief. And their unbelief was unbelief on a daily basis. They provoked the Lord on a daily basis. They tested and tried the Lord on a daily basis. They rebelled against the Lord day by day. And the key to us as believers in Jesus Christ not doing that is today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to hear 
the gospel. Today is the day to have not an evil heart of unbelief, but a believing, a soft heart that turns to the Lord today and turn to Him today. We have to take up our cross daily and follow Him. The scope of the perseverance of the saints is they persevere day by day, one day after another. Sometime I think we have the idea that one time will last you a lifetime. One believing moment back when you were a teenager, back at youth camp or back in vacation Bible school or when you heard the preacher preach or perhaps when you were dealt with personally by a friend who loved you and shared the gospel with you and it was a day of belief and you embraced it. But then what about the next day and the next day and the next day? The day to believe in the Lord is today, each day, every day. That's how we follow the Lord. And the one that does it today and the next day and the next day, believing, embracing, following, humbling ourselves, repenting of our sins, coming to Christ day by day by day. And one day, it'll be the last day. And he that endures to the end, the teleos, the last day, the ultimate, the final, the goal, the finish line, he that endures to the end will be saved. It's not much more complicated than that. And to give us a real hardcore example of this experience, the writer of Hebrews points us back to the children of Israel, their experience with the Lord in the wilderness. And we have the Lord's summary of that experience, and it's found in the 95th Psalm. Psalm 95, it falls into two parts. The first part is a great call to worship, a convocation, an invitation to come and bow down to the Lord and to worship Him. It's a coming to Christ. It's a holy meeting. It's hearing the voice of the Lord and responding positively. That's the first half of the 95th Psalm. The second half is quoted right here in our text. It says... The Holy Spirit says. It's interesting he didn't say the psalmist said or David said, but he said the Holy Spirit says. Actually, the Word of God in all of its parts is a call from God. And God calls us. And when He calls, our response is to be that of faith and belief. Instead, the Lord says that your father's Put me to the test. There was a day of testing in the wilderness. That's what the wilderness wandering is. It's a, it's a time of testing. And it says they did several things. The fathers put me to the test. They saw my works for 40 years. How I provided for them and took care of them and led them. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation because they always go astray in their heart. Do you realize in the Old Testament covenant, it was all about the heart? 
We sort of think it was about rituals. It was about offering the sacrifices and doing all of the, keeping the commandments and all of the external things. Well, that was all there and it was all typified and it was manifested, but it was about the heart. It always is about the heart. It's nothing but the heart. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made. That's, it's about the heart. The Lord sees the heart. No matter what the externals are, the Lord's looking at your heart today to see where it is with respect to faith and belief in Him. And it's interesting, he said, they saw my works for 40 years, but the end of verse 10 there, he says, they have not known my ways. They saw my works, but they didn't learn my ways. Isn't that sad? Here's a people that saw God manifestly working, not just at the Red Sea, which was a great miracle within itself, but all through those years, they saw God take care of them in circumstance after circumstance. Read the book of Exodus. Recount it in the book of Numbers. Review it in the book of Deuteronomy. It's there. All of what God did for them. But they didn't learn His ways. See, that's the key. It's not just beholding the works of God, but it's understanding His ways, His way of working. And God's way is a way of faith. We come to Him by faith. We live by faith, not by sight. And He says, they saw my works, but they have not known my ways. And He says, as a result of that, therefore I swore in my wrath that they would not enter my rest. How many times is the word my used? It's personal. This is God's business. God's business is salvation. His business is redemption. He has led you out of Egypt. He has called you out of darkness into light. He's led you out of slavery into freedom. He's led you out of evil and wickedness and utter depravity into a life of holiness. What about today? Are you walking in the light? Are you living in the freedom? Are you practicing the holiness of God? Keeping His commandments? Walking in His statutes? Learning His ways? What about today? Today's the day not to harden your heart. The sad thing is the Lord said he was done with that generation. That generation was an exemplary generation. In fact, if you'll sketch through the New Testament, especially the writings of Paul in 1 Corinthians and other places, you'll see there, let me sketch it for you, how the wilderness wanderings of the children of Israel typified in so many ways things of the new covenant. It was their old covenant experience, but it typified and, and told us about things in the new covenant. For example, the first we just mentioned was the, the exodus. Jesus himself speaks of his work upon the cross as an exodus. In Luke chapter 9, he calls it an exodus. It's translated a death or a decease. 
It is by His death that we are led out because He was in fact, He Himself, Jesus Christ, is our Passover Lamb. He's the one that shed His blood. It's His blood that was put upon the doorpost. It's His blood applied that causes the death angel to pass on by. And go down to the next one. Has the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world been applied to your life? Has He? What's the status today? Don't, Don't worry about what it might have been 10, 15, 20 years ago. What is it today? Is the blood applied today to your soul? Christ is the Passover. The congregation of the people of God in the wilderness are spoken of as a church in Acts, in Stephen's speech. He talks about the church in the wilderness. And that's what they were. They were the assembly. They were the people of God. They were the congregation of God. It was God that had called them into a holy calling, saving them out of Egypt. Even the process of going through the Red Sea, even though they walked across it on trial land, is emblematic of a baptism. It's a wholehearted commitment. It's a deliverance. It's a whelming and an immersion into God's program and God's people. It's a baptism. Paul speaks of it as a baptism. Jesus himself said he was the manna from heaven, the manna that they ate, the true food of God, the provision of God. He says, I caused you to hunger that you would know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the word of life It's a bread of life is Jesus Christ himself. One of the hardest things for me to understand is when Paul said in that same passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he talked about the rock, the experience that they had at the rock. You remember when they came to the wilderness and they were were thirsty and they were cattle needed to be watered and and they had no water. There was no oasis in that desert at that point. And... Paul said that rock that Moses struck was Christ. That rock was Christ. And it's interesting, he said that rock followed them. And I'm, I'm just kind of concrete in my thinking. I'm thinking, how can a rock follow them? Well, it's because their whole life centered around the necessity of having that rock as their provision. He provided for them. He gave them the water of life. Moses, representing the law, struck the rock, representing Christ. And that's exactly what Christ did when he died on the cross. It was the law that put him to death. The law had stipulated death for sin, and Christ was struck by the law and fulfilled the law in his death. That Old Testament experience was also, as mentioned here in our text, it was the place where God had led them through. God didn't lead them into the wilderness to stay in the wilderness. God led them into the wilderness to lead them through the wilderness into the promised land. That's where God was taking them, was to the promised land, to the place of rest. But because of their sin, because of their unbelief, God says, I, I'm just not 
going to let them enter my rest. And this passage here, as well as Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, chapter 10, which is a a very good parallel to this passage, says very solemnly, this is example to us. And the questions that conclude this was, who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Who were these rebels? The people that tested God, the people that provoked God, the people that disobeyed God and rebelled against God. Who were these people? These were the very people that had been led out of the wilderness, led out of Egypt. The question then in the next verse, verse 17, is with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And the big warning here is is falling away from the living God, verse 13. Take care, brothers. The word take care, literally, it's from a word that means to see. It means to take heed. And this is a virtual quotation from other places in the Bible where we are to take heed, to watch, to see, to, to, to do some, some uh, introspection. Look ourselves over spiritually. Inspect ourselves and see where we are. Take heed. Lest, any, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Who's he preaching to? He's preaching to the church, the congregation. We'll we'll persevere to the end, but how will we persevere? We'll persevere by constantly being checked, by constantly being inspected, by constantly being brought back to the place of belief. When we stray, we brought back to that place. We never get off that rock. We stand on that rock. And then the last question is asking, to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient. So there's your checkpoint. Are you obeying the Lord? Do you know his ways? Do you know his commandments? Do you know his heart? Do you know his compassion? His forgiving, His love, His mercy. When you find yourself straying and un, in unbelief and in doubt and, and, and moving away from the Lord and maybe a backslidden and a cold spiritual temperament, where do you go? Do you move further away? Or do you turn and go back to the Lord? Turn to me that you may live, said the prophet Ezekiel, over and over and over. And that's all that's expected of us today. Today is to believe. To believe in Jesus. To believe in his saving work. To believe and trust and have confidence and live according to the ways of the God who loved us and sent his son to die for us. Today, if you hear his voice, have you heard the voice in the scripture? Do you hear the voice in your conscience? Do you hear the gospel call? Have you heard it before? You may not hear it again. But when you hear his voice, the voice of your God and Savior, don't harden your heart.
Don't continue in your sin. Don't stay in a rebellious posture. Do not posset yourself against God, but turn your face toward Him and enter into His rest. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, Jesus said, and I will give you this rest today. Today.